Welcome to this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. In this week's episode, the guys cover some key points inspectors want you to look at before buying a home. Hello again. Welcome back to another episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. I am lucky enough to be joined by Oscar Ybarra and Jameson Amaros. How are you gentlemen doing today? Oh, wait, I, I waved the audio. Sorry. I'm, I'm <laughs> Oscar is waving. Yeah, it's, it's waving. I'm in. He's I'm in like, cloud, a, it's I'm kind of funny. clouds this morning. It's like a puppy or a little kid who sees himself in the mirror for the first time. They're like he excited. We showed him the YouTube channel. He's like, it works. It's cool. <laughs> Uh, guys, thank you so much again for joining us. You know, we always say it every episode and it, it sounds old, but uh, we do appreciate the support. It's been crazy cool to see how uh, much you know, feedback we've gotten. So Absolutely. Um, please continue to like, review, rate, uh, subscribe, subscribe, all the fun things to the channel. Yeah, so comment. Let us know you're out there. Even if it's just something funny, something, I don't know, talk stuff. We don't care. Just as long give us as some banter. Give us something. We'll love give it. Give us something. Yeah. Comment. Yep. Yeah. If you guys are looking on YouTube, real estate started on the rocks. It's the Metro 5280 home team. Like and subscribe. We'll drop our information uh, at the bottom of the video yep. and podcast, Real Estate Served on the Rocks podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google podcast, basically any of the streaming platforms uh, we're on. So take a listen and uh, hopefully uh, you get some good information today. Yeah, it's been, uh, again, super fun, exciting to do this. Um, had a lot of fun trying to do drinks with gentlemen. So oh, yeah. uh, today's episode is going to be focused on the inspection side of the uh, home buying process. So as we talked about before, we're going to go in depth on each individual major part of this, usually with an expert. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, our expert couldn't be here with us today. We've again had some scheduling conflicts and some unfortunate uh, circumstances that have prevented that. However, we did submit a bunch of our questions as well as questions we most commonly see to him. So we want to go and give credit to him as Chris uh, Walters with Lionheart Home Inspections. Mm -hmm. and great, we'll, great guy. Oh, he's awesome. So not only is he a, an amazing inspector, but he's a good friend. Yep. Yep. Does inspections from Colorado Springs. Fort Collins. North Fort Collins, basically. Lock Bowie. Um, <laughs> Lock Bowie. <laughs> Does he go to Hugo? Not Hugo. Hugo. He does not go to Hugo. Hugo. Yeah. Absolutely. That's good to know. So we'll go and uh, drop some of his information at the end of the podcast as well, so you can catch him on the socials. His uh, TikTok is probably the funniest oh, inspection. Oh, him and his wife are absolutely yeah. Yeah. He has good yeah. stuff. It's really yeah. good. And full disclosure to everybody, we are not inspectors. We're not, we're not giving this information, um, I mean, out of knowledge of years that we've been doing this, but we're not inspectors. We're just giving... Some information and questions you may ask when you are going through the home process, um, the inspection of the home. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the inspection portion of buying a house can seem very overwhelming and scary, mm -hmm. especially if you're a first time home buyer, you've never gone through it before. So our job is to kind of highlight the things that we've seen, whether it's uh, common questions, myths, or even things you guys can look at as you're walking through a home, whether it's an open house, you guys are looking at, you know, you're, you're, you're getting shown homes during the process. Our job is to kind of help clarify and give you guys a direction to go, but always, always, always default to your home inspector, whoever that may be, um, that's recommended by whoever you guys are working with. So yeah, there's tons of great, great ones out there. So yeah. um, we just wanted to, Chris is our go-to right now because of how good he is. He started the business from scratch. It's thorough. Yeah, very it thorough. Takes his time. And, uh, and unlike some home inspectors, he can carry on a conversation, right? Yeah. He actually is personable and, and, and can uh, um, relate and, and relay a message in a way that most other inspectors can't. So yep. really, really appreciate what he does. So uh, before we get into all that, um, who wants to introduce our bourbon of the week? Mr. Let's introduction do it. over there. Uh, so today we have uh, something unique. It's called a fistful of bourbon. Interesting. Okay, okay. So uh, there's a couple of really cool facts about this. It is 
it comes from a Scottish whiskey family. Okay. Right. So they've years. been blending for over a hundred years. Oh dang. And it's cool because they make Scotch whiskey, but they, everything they do is blended and aged in American bourbon barrels. Mm-hmm. So they've got a bunch of, uh, not only expertise in bourbon specifically, but a lot of connections to the bourbon world here in the U S that allows them to get their hands on different blends that most people wouldn't be able to do. Um, so I'm going to, default to my notebook because there's a couple of cool things I want to highlight for you guys about this specific brand. Very cool. Uh, well, while you do that, I'm going to start pouring. Go for it. Yep. So JC, you pour, I'll talk. Uh, so they were founded in 1887. So they've been around for a hot minute. Um, they've got uh, a majority of the Scotch whiskey, like we talked about, aged in the U.S. bourbon barrels. And they have a master blender named Kelsey McKechnie. So Kelsey, if you happen to be watching this and I butchered your name, I apologize. Yes. Reach out. Uh, we're excited Mad to try. Respect. Yeah, absolute respect. We're excited to try your uh, your your bourbon here. And uh, if you guys notice the name, it's called a fistful of bourbon, right? The reason they say that is because it is a fistful of five different blends that they and Kelsey have essentially gone out to find specific uh, tasting notes, specific flavor profiles to blend them in and make this whiskey. So for you guys watching at home, the five fingers is what they call them of the bourbon blends. Here's the things they look for. They look for a balanced and sweet blend. They look for a blend with floral notes. They look for a blend with warm spices, uh, buttery toffee, and then a cinnamon and licorice flavor. And they try and blend those all together. And because these are bur- they're barrel blends, right? They, they change minutely every year, but they purposely go out and find blends that are going to match the flavor profiles from previous batches. And they're that good that they could continue that Exactly. Um, and uh, Kelsey's the one, right? They she is the her one. out here. Yep. It's her blends. Her she picks. is the one hunting them down. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to taste it. I've never had this before. No. Uh, Price-wise, I think it's like 25 bucks. Uh, we wanted to do something a little less mainstream, right? For most of the bourbons or whiskeys we've had are somewhat like popular. Yes. And our wheelbarrow, our wheelhouse. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to buy something I'm not, I'm not going to want to drink. So it was kind of hard for at least me to... Uh, let's just go find a random one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's kind of what we need to do. Yeah. So we just, I just picked this one up. I was uh, showing some houses up north and uh, happened to be a promotional thing going yeah. on. So I, could be Russian roulette. We don't yeah. know. So uh, cheers. cheers. Let's check it out. A little like an apple fruity. Yeah, it does. And it does have mm-hmm. some of that like Scottish. Um, like malty. Yeah. Peaty. Peaty. That's, yeah. that's the word. Earthy. Earth. Ooh. It Super reminds smooth. me of something. Yeah. Something else that I've, I've had. It goes back to that like legend we had where it was like a blended. Yeah. It's light. It's like another one. It's light in color. Yeah. And it tastes light. It does taste light. Burns, that, burns it for nothing. It must be super light. Yeah. It's 90 proof. 90 proof. So 45% alcohol. So that's, yeah. this is the lowest proof one we've tried, I believe. Yeah. The whole time. Uh, probably. And these are barrel aged for a minimum of two years. Yep. Two I years. I added that in, but yeah. Um, I mean, for a blended whiskey though. Yeah. Nice and easy. It's a bit sweet up front. Mm-hmm. I like it. Kelsey, so far? So far, so good. good. Job. Yeah, that was Love a, it. There's um, um, yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's different. It is so sweet though. Like, yeah, I feel like that. And even lingers after. Yeah. After you well, I wonder if that's also because we're so used to this higher alcohol content. Content high, high octane. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Race fuel. 
Yeah, exactly. We went from jet fuel to like so unleaded. unleaded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we usually, yeah, this is more like E85. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is this a Tesla? <laughs> it's interesting because, uh, you know, the first sip, you always have that Kentucky hug, right? That first sip that shocks your body. Inspired. And then now you get to, this one didn't really have that, but it does, that sweetness. I really like The second yeah. and third sip. Yeah. All the heat dissipates. Can and I you, point you, out that the, yeah, you feel you you have all the flavors. The phrase a Kentucky hug. I, I, don't, I usually say it's gasoline. I love it. <laughs> Kentucky yeah, Kentucky hug. This is good. I like this. So um, as we kind of look into the inspection process, uh, what we discussed in the original pod was, you know, when, on the real real estate side of things, we like to set proper expectations mm -hmm. ahead of time of what to look for in an inspection. So we're going to reiterate that. So when we sit, look at an inspection, inspection's idea is to find major health, safety, material defects, or high cost items. Big ticket items. That could prevent you from enjoying this home um, for a long, long time or make it cost prohibitive for you to enjoy yes. this home long period of time. Yep. So we're ideally not looking for a carpet. We're not looking for paint. Paint, paint cosmetic. Cosmetic, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and when we say paint, interior paint, right? Yeah. Out exterior, it could cause yeah, problems with the loan. You could yeah. with yeah. FHA. Yeah. 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 But in interior, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, this wall's pink. Well, it's not an inspection item. Yeah. Can you ask for it? Absolutely, but it's still, it's not what we're looking there's for. There's a fine, yeah. There's Safety a hazard, big ticket items. Yeah. And we and we we look at uh, we'll address all the other stuff on the offer. Let's let's do a rapid fire. You guys ready? Go. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do. I've got about six myths Ooh. or mis misconceptions of is inspections. The, is this the Mythbuster episode? And all I want, I'm gonna ask them, and I'm gonna have these two answer me. And we're just going to let you guys know because it's, it's things that we've seen and arguments that we've heard and there's some bias and so on and so forth. So we're going to go through them and we're going we're gonna to get very quick 30-second responses from you guys around what they mean. Yep. Sound good? All right, let's do it. First one, new constructions don't need inspections. False. Absolutely false. They do need inspections. You should do it. You should pay for it. Oscar said it. Benefits you nine to eleven months in after you buy it, get another inspection, make the builder pay for it. Hey, also save money in your again, pocket. One of the things that sometimes I split with the cost of my buyers. Yep. If they choose not to do it, I'll say, hey, I'll split the cost with you, and I Chris will actually do them for less than a normal inspection. Boom. And he'll come back and do a one year or a pre one year inspection for no, almost nothing. Quick shout, shout out, out to Chris. Lionheart inspections. He gives uh, breaks on, I, I believe, uh, educators yes. and veterans. Yep. And residents of Castle Rock. Yep. Yes, sir. Yeah, All right. Castle Number Rock. two, your insurance agent needs your report. False. 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 Your report, you own it. You, you pay own for it. it. You own it. The seller, you could share it with the seller. You could do whatever you want with it, but it's your you own it. Report. Yep. Period. Number three, home inspectors work for the realtors. Wrong. False. You pay Absolutely. for it. Again, Wrong. you pay for it. It's yours. They're going to tell you the good, the bad, the ugly. The most minute thing that sometimes freaks people out to the biggest thing in the house. Home inspectors help with negotiations. Wrong. Mm. No. They do not, but however. You can renegotiate yes. through inspection objection. Here's a big one. You are obligated to share the inspection report with the seller or the seller's agent. False. False. It's your report, right? You paid for it. Do what you want. It's your leverage as a buyer. And if you really want to be a jerk and you're going to walk away from the transaction, share it with them because now the listing agent has to disclose. I've done that sucker. before. 100%. You're not going to give us what we want. Then now guess you got to disclose to everybody exactly. else. So either go with my deal or yep. kick rocks. Agreed. Home sellers have to fix the items in the report. False. False. So what can we do instead? Negotiate. Negotiate, right? You can do credits. You can fix certain items. They, the sellers can tell you to kick rocks. Yeah. 
So it's they are a, not obligated. The house, I mean, as much as we would like to, it's redundant when you say the house is sold as is. Mm-hmm. The, the contract states the house is sold as is. And in in Colorado, right? It's as is, where is. Yeah, that's that's you an do important the inspection, so yep. you don't have a big ticket item or a health concern down the road. Boom. All right, last one, and this one's actually kind of interesting. City and county inspections are the same as home inspections. False. Why? City and county goes with a code. Yep. What What's the code? What's What's they don't they don't they don't look in depth on everything of the house. Exactly. And an inspector is going to so go. It's, the, it's that's the standard to which a home is built towards. Home inspection saying how close is it to the standard. Exactly. And the age of the house. That's a great way to put it. And, and the, the age of the house can dictate what the code was. Yep. Right. If you get a house in 1950. They don't, they're not going to have well windows. Nope. It was in code back then. Nope. Well, and that's exactly why we have. But if you remodel, guess what? You had to put a well in there. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the electrical thing we're talking about with the GFCI. Yep. And that finishes our rapid fire. So we talked, we consulted with Chris and we wanted to find out like, hey, so you work with a ton of real estate agents. He's doing, you know, 350 plus inspections a year. There's now. a ton of houses. If you yeah. guys own like 350 a year. That's a lot. a lot. So he gets to see and touch a lot of things. So we wanted to find out what are the most common questions or issues that pop, that pop up. And um, here's some of the things he brought up mm-hmm. and we're just going to have like conversations around our experience with it. Sure. What to look for and what it is. So uh, this is one item that has popped up from the past. And it's one of the ones where some inspectors, if they're not trained or understand it, can definitely cause issues. And it's in the plumbing. It's called polypyrolithylene pipes. Oh, yeah. Poly- Oscar, you poly- typed it last night via text poly- message. Yes. Uh, it's And so what, what that is, it's a- No, I want, I want you to pronounce polybutylene? it. Polybutylene? Is it poly, polybutylene? Something like that. I don't know. I'm buying Chris, when you watch this, no, just comment. I'm, I'm Let us know if we're right or wrong. It. <laughs> right. So it was... It was They're it gray. Was, they were using it from 1978 to 1995. Yep. In 95, they figured, you know, it, it does... It, it loosens. It, it's Spans compressed at the joints. Yeah. Okay. And with time, water pressures <clears throat> turn on, turn off, and it loosens, starts leaking. It also deteriorates. Mm-hmm. After, I think they said, 10 to 15 years, you should replace it. So there was a class action lawsuit in 95. They stopped using it. But I don't think there's any money in there anymore. I'm not sure. Yeah. If you do have it in your house, so houses from 1978 to mid 95, they were they were constructing these homes with. And those, when you talk about plumbing, are we talking like water, mainline water, plumbing? Or water. Are we talking just water. Just, just water, water line. Just water line. Getting water from the main to each toilet or water uh, exit point in the home. And not to be confused with that said, most of the newer homes have PVC, PVC, PVC. right? Yep. Which is a polyvinyl chloride. Yep. Not the same, not Correct. the same stuff. Pex. That's what you'll find Pex. in your sprinkler systems use PVC. Most water lines in homes today are going to be either copper, which is the best, but most expensive. Right. And then, but that was used for a long. They even yeah. used copper for sewer lines for a long time, yeah. for, for a while in the 60s, yeah. I believe. Yeah. So, real quick question then, JC yeah. or Oscar. If we're looking for what? Poly- polybutylene pipes. Poly- polybutylene yeah. pipes. Poly B. Poly That's B. short. Cardi B? Poly B. No, not Cardi if you B. Say <laughs> poly B. If you say it fast enough, polybutylene pipes. Yeah, just poly, poly B. Pipes. Poly, poly, poly B. B. Yeah. It's so also known as poly During B. an inspection, right? Yeah. I, I mean, now, if like if I have an unfinished basement, it's pretty easy to see yes. what the lot, water lines are made of, right? You can see the copper going up, so on and so forth. So let's say it's a finished basement. Mm-hmm. How do you? How would somebody, if they're touring a home, they're at an open house, how would they check to see if they know that the house is within those ages, 1978 to 1995, right? Which that'll be listed in, on the MLS. A lot in Aurora. That's yep. where I saw it a lot. So how little, do you, where do you see it though? Like, so if it's a finished basement, how do you, how it's, can you it's tell? A, it's a good question. So Utility I've had room. the, I've had the most okay. issues with this in, in, in the hardest types of homes, which is condos. Okay. In fact, I'll tell you a story about some places here in Castle Rock and then the one in Littleton. So what we, they, if you go into the sink in either your bathrooms or your kitchens, the water line that connects to your 
um, fixtures there, that's going to come in as the poly. Okay. Now I would say the sink one is probably going to be the first one replaced because obviously it's the most one used. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a gray color. Okay. And there's yeah. actually a, gray color. If you, there's actually a number, because uh, every time you use a, a pipe in a house that's PVC or some sort of plastic, they have to put a rating on it Yep. and a number. So if you go online, you can Google it um, and you can see exactly what it is, reference it for you. Okay. Future. So if I'm a buyer, I can go in, if there's a utility room available, I can look for a gray piping mm -hmm. from the water source. Mm -hmm. I can look up online what the number and the rating is for the pipe that'll tell me. If it's a finished basement, it's harder to find, then you can go into any of the sinks, right? Any yep. of the bedroom sinks, kitchen sinks, bathrooms, whatever. Look and see what kind of piping's coming from the wall into the water line, and that will give you as an option. Correct. And then if you do see that, right? And the reason I ask this is because there's a lot of times you guys will go out and look at houses at open houses. Maybe not necessarily bring a realtor around so they're not actually looking, but if you see something, it's like the adage, right? See something, say something. Yeah. Snap a picture of it, send it to us, or yes. send it to your realtor. We can tell you, or we can forward it to the inspector, and it gives you guys an idea of what you're buying. It's uh, it's something that I didn't know about before I got into real estate. I found out because I had a listing that had it, and then there was a leak, and then we had to repair and, it. And it's costly because yeah. you have to get behind the walls. Yes, right. you have to, to get all the walls out. All the plumbing yep. done. If yeah. You're not just going to do a section. Yep. If you're going to do one, you're going to do the whole house. Yep. yep. Okay. And again, if it comes up an inspection, maybe it's not. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, that's what, typically what the sellers are going to tell you. Mm -hmm. All right, well, it's it's going to fail. If you if, if you want us to move forward, give us a credit. Right. Yep. Put it in escrow. Do whatever you need to do. Exactly. So that's a, that's a big one there with piping that people don't know too much about. And then Chris brought up electrical. So electrical, there's like three major items that he wanted to, to talk about. So with first one is the panel. Second one is the wiring. And the third one is grounding. So with panels... Um, as we know, like, again, similar situation and almost a similar time frame. actually, there was a bunch of panels being installed. Federal Pacific Electric. Federal Pacific. Was the other Sylvania. one? Sylvania. Sylvania. Which uh, they're not around either. They're gone. So so that's, well, that's part of yeah, the issue. Yeah, you can't. So again, can't class action lawsuits, essentially what would happen is they wouldn't trip. Right. So if they don't trip, it fires. could spark and arc and start fires. And these are these actually are more prominent in my mind than the or what I, in my experience I should say than the plumbing. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, you're in one you're getting wet. The other one you can die fire. Yeah. Right. You know. I've just seen more 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 of these panels destruction. Yeah. So well, on a panel, what's a panel cost to replace oh, it now? now? They're like thirty five hundred dollars. Right. Thirty five hundred. Well, you know, they, they range bucks. from twelve hundred bucks up. Yeah, it used to be twelve hundred. I haven't got one done for less than three. Yeah, I got a quote. I had, a, I had a, a buyer in Aurora that had, um, and they still do. And it was one of the things we brought up on the on the inspection report. But they had a Sylvania panel. Yep. And yeah. it was working right. So, and you're going to go into the, the wiring portion of it. But part of the reason the Sylvanias were bad was because there was some of them that used the aluminum casings versus what they should have used. Yeah. And that'll say we had to the aluminum wiring through. Yeah. Too. So that's when we talk about the panels. There's two big things. Number one, the class action that they wouldn't trip. And then number two, what the housings were for the wiring itself. And if you see aluminum housing, that is, to me, as, as a realtor looking out for my buyers, it's a hard stop. Yeah. Like it's either replaced or we're not moving forward. Uh, this client that I had up in Aurora, luckily it wasn't aluminum casings. It was the Sylvania panel. So we had the conversation, hey, if the panel goes bad, you're going to have to get a brand new one. And Sylvania's not going to service it because they don't exist anymore. However, the casings were the correct material. So it wasn't as big of a concern. Had they been aluminum, different story. Yeah. So do you want to discuss a little bit why? So we got panels. It kind of makes sense, right? So the panel, you know, how a panel works, 
something trips it, it pops the breaker so that no more current's going through there. And then, and that way there's no, there's no uh, possibility of it arcing and causing a mm -hmm. fire. Right. And that's, that's the biggest concern, right? The arcing, mm -hmm. um, it doesn't trip. There's still constant pa power going, through. power going through, and then it's going to spark somewhere spark. That's what you're getting. Yeah. Like a lighter, yep. like a, like a clicker lighter and then it ignites. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. And then, you know, you have insulation and whatnot inside most of drywall, there's fire ratings on it, you know, 30 seconds or whatever. So it's typically safe, but you want to take that risk. And then the wiring throughout the house, it's typically uh, copper, but there was a time and I don't know the, the timeline where they use aluminum. It varies. And it, it was, and, a, and the difference yeah. is coppers. It's a, it's a, it's a harder, it's an insulator, it, it, but it's harder is yes. right. So with, with solid it, core, you have, um, electricity running through and aluminum expands and contracts a lot more. Mm -hmm. So there's more possibility of the spark, but it can so be impossible to replace in some cases in a, in, in a very succinct manner. If I'm a buyer, how do I know if I have aluminum wiring? Well, you just check it out at the panel, the, right? the inspector is going to check the panel and then from the panel, they can, if they see there's any aluminum in the panel, they're going to pull the, they're going to pull an outlet, they pull an outlet. Yep. And then that's what you'll know. Yeah. So again, if you're walking a house, you can open up the panel, ask them one, what kind of wiring, Yep. Is find out what kind of panel it is and then take a look. And if you see aluminum again, ask the question, even if it's a good panel, yep. say, Hey, what kind of wiring does the house have? Yep. He'll be able to tell you like that. Yep. Cool. Like good. It. No, it's good. Um, again, stuff that did not not know before I got into real estate. No. Um, in fact, bought my first house, didn't know any of these things. Uh, newer home, so it wasn't an issue. But at the same time, it'd be like, oh, would have liked to know if it was possible. And the, uh, the third one electrical he talked about was grounding. And I'm going to kind of like tie that into uh, GFCI. Yeah. And what that looks like. So and I think there's another term, the updated. It's <clears throat> GFCI something, right? There's a... Yes, it's basically like, so in, I think it was 1989 or 1990 is when they changed the code where they require at least one outlet in every wet area to have a GFCI. Well, it's within what, six feet of their uh, yeah, water yeah. source. And then, uh, and then there was a grounding, like everything had to be grounded um, to its own, uh, its own ground. Yeah. Like there was, there, there, at one point there was just every outlet and then one ground that, that those all tied into, but mm -hmm. now every... Um, breaker has to have its own ground. Right. And what that what, what that does is, so first off the water thing, so let's say you don't have a GFCI and then water gets close, like water could start, because water could arc the two, the positive and negative and mm -hmm. then spark again. This, as soon as water's detected, it trips the, yeah, that specific. Yeah, that's a trip right there. And then you're at safe. The source. So, and this is where it gets a little tricky sometimes What Chris was saying, like, uh, like you might have three bathrooms or two bathrooms in a laundry mat or laundry room, excuse me on the same GFCI with only one GFCI in one of those rooms, mm -hmm. but they're all attached. Mm -hmm. So he gets, he sees sometimes people freak out. They say, hey, like there's not a GFCI in every bathroom. You don't have to have one in every bathroom. They just have to be on one breaker with a GFCI. And, and that's a good side note. I've had people say, well, I don't know what's going on with electrical. Well, there's a GFCI that tripped one outlet and the GFCI is in none of the room. Yes. Yep. It's funny, I have, a story, I have a story right now in our house Currently, so we have some uh, pendant lights on the outside of the house, uh, three lights out there. And when it rains really hard, one of those lights just fills up with water. I don't know how to fix it. I've like literally took it apart, constructed it. I've done a lot of different things. <laughs> but, Put a little umbrella on top of it. But, but that, be yeah. that water trips that GFCI, yeah. which is also attached to the same power as my garage door. Oh. So our garage door does not work when it rains real loud. That's the worst. Yeah. yeah. And this is where you rely on the inspector, right? And Chris will go through and he'll, he'll try and determine 
where those grounds are on and the breaker. So if he sees, hey, I've got two bathrooms and a laundry room, but only one GFCI, he'll make sure that it's all in the same. Yeah, he, he walks around with like them. he purposely trips outlets. Yeah, that's yeah. what he does. He trips every outlet in the house. Trips every outlet in the house so that they know exactly where it's at. So yes, we I usually tell people if you see a water source and you don't see a GFC outlet, something to look at. But again, you can you can be you can rush be rest assured that if you have a good inspector, they're going to make sure that that. Yeah, is he has he has a tool that care. plugs in. They'll yep. plug into every outlet, and there's three lights, and it'll either say it's good. No ground or other. Yep. Right and now. the Crawford. one place I've seen it a lot, and I don't know about you guys, but Reversible when I'm showing area. houses, uh, fix and flips. Oh, because fix and flips. Fix and flips are notorious for not having GFCIs mm -hmm. in the areas that they should. Yes. So if you guys are going into a house and you're looking at it and it looks and it feels like a fix and flip, that's something to take a look at. Obviously, electrical is dangerous. We've talked. It is. Like, yep. It can it can definitely uh, kill you. So yeah. it's one of those ones where you got to make sure everything's done the right way. Yep. Um, and I'm going to just drop this one during the inspection process. If someone asks for you to do something when it comes to electrical, I would 100% ask for and, and expect it to be done by an electrician. Mm -hmm. Because if something certified in insurance, yeah, if, yep. if let's say yep. that this doesn't get done the right way and a fire starts and the insurance company comes in and they say, well, it was not wired properly. They're not going to cover that, 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 uh, that claim. Yep. So that's why I think it's important. Keep your invoices. Yeah. Yes. So, License uh, electronic. <clears throat> the next one, which again, different fun and, uh, uh, new to me before I got into, uh, real estate was radon. Radon. So <laughs> it's a what, weird subject. Yeah. Radon. So we can, yeah. uh, um, I'll just go in. So radon is a po poison odorless gas naturally occurring from decomposing uranium. basically it's uranium, isn't it? Uh, dinosaur, anything, anything like organic decomposing. Yeah. But it's the, it's the half-life yeah. version of essentially decaying material, radio, radioactive material. material. Yes. So it could be a dinosaur down there. It could be a material, but it's, it's just a gas that you can yeah. come more often than not. It's a mineral yeah. right? colorless so uranium odorless. Yes. And it affects you like secondhand smoke. It's over. Yeah. It's a long term. If, if, if it's, if it's contained in a non ventilated area, mm -hmm. it, 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 they go by picocuries, curies, right? Mm -hmm. Per liter. Um, if it's the EPA says anything, what four and a half, four, 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 four point oh and yep. above should be remediated. But then there's the gray area where if, you know, it's not being remediated for, and then that's the big question. Um, I've seen it as high as 70 pico curies Holy in, in Littleton. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's, it's kind of weird how they remediate, right? The, the EPA says it's a vacuum. It's, yes. the, it's, it's the second leading cause of lung, lung cancer, cancer mm -hmm. next to cigarettes. If you're going to, if you're going to spend a lot of time in a basement or you finish your basement, it's probably a good idea to get checked for radon and get it remediated. I mean, it, it could be costly if, if you have an HOA. Um, typically anywhere from 800 to about $2,500. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they drill a hole in your subflooring. They put a PVC pipe in there. They dig out about five, a five gallon bucket worth of dirt. They stick a pipe in there. They put a high efficiency, very quiet fan that just sucks it out. And then once it hits uh, fresh air, you're good to go. Yeah. It's, so, it's done. And, and with, with radon, right? If you guys are listening in other states, this is another kind of hyper local thing that Colorado deals with. We have a ton of granite and mineral in our soil, mm -hmm. and we have what's the? It's not benzmite. Um, benonite. 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 We have expansive benonite, soils, right? And they expand, but when they expand, they create pockets. Mm -hmm. So in other areas of the country, if it's just clay, anything Stone. that's not porous, yeah. bedrock, it yeah. just the, the radon or whatever that that decaying gas stays underground. With benonite, because there's these pockets, and then as we 
as we build these foundations and we build new houses, so on and so forth, those pockets expand and then it releases that radon in, right? So two things to know, if you're in Colorado, because we are a material dense area or a mineral dense state, we have a radon issue. I think we were seven out of 50 as far as most radon in the country, state-wise. And we have basements. Right. That's, but yeah, we have basements. Not Livers, that you can get it in the- li- Livable basements. Yeah. Livable basements. Livable basements. Here's the other thing. We also have a ton of new construction in Colorado. You guys have seen it. Well, the one thing about new construction is they're all energy efficient. In order to make something energy efficient, you have to hermetically Airtight. seal the shit out of those houses. So what happens is as that radon comes in, Sometimes in an older house, you've got, you know, cracks in the foundation. It just basically dissipates out the air. But if you're buying a Richmond, a Lennar, a marriage home, anything brand new, they seal those houses. That's why we have whole home uh, or uh, return air ventilation. They legit have to have a fan that sucks the air out of the home because if not, the the carbon monoxide that we're exhaling will stay in the house and not be... Like yeah. cleared up. And they do it because yeah. if I turn on my AC, the more sealed my house is, the quicker it cools down, the less I'm spending on my energy bill. Same thing if I turn on the heat. heat. The disadvantage is if you do have something like radon that's over that, you know, three or four picoliters, it can build up in the house because it's so sealed. So not all, as far as I know, not all builders are, there's some builders that are putting radon now, mitigation systems now. in now. They just, not they, all of them. Not all of them. Probably, they started. Probably 90% of them. Yeah. Well, even mine. I mean, my house is older. It's 07. It's a Ryland home. They have a, a, I believe what they call a neutral radon mitigation system mm-hmm. where it's just, just the pipe. Yeah, it's basically it's just the pipe. They right. stick but, it in the ground. But you can add a, a fan mm-hmm. if you I want. I could add a fan at yeah. any yeah, time. The only fan. problem is it's kind of in the middle. Yep. Yeah. So I'd have to add the fan over here and I don't know how, I don't, I'm not I'm not an yeah. expert. But so it's important because if you're, if you're coming from, and we have a lot of transplants, right? If you're coming from out of state, especially from the East Coast, Midwest, and you're not used to the basements or anything like that, that is something as you're touring homes, whether it's new build or a uh, resale home, to, to look for. And radon systems are pretty easy to locate uh, in a house. Like you'll see the pipe coming out of the ground. You're gonna see it exit uh, the uh, the exterior of the house, right? You can ask the owners or the builder if they have radon mitigation systems, but it's something that if you guys are touring houses, it's something to ask before you even get involved in making an offer. So you know, again, what you're getting into. You walk in the basement, you'll see the pipe, and then there's yep. a little like saucer, like flying saucer looking fan coming out of it. That's the fan. and then. Up or some top, of them are in the, the, the vacuum, the yeah. vacuum seal. Then up top, there's like a little um, the level shape. bubble. Yep. Like when you live, it's in that. It's usually a blue liquid and yep. it looks like a U. Yep. yep. And that's, that's how shows, you shows, that's shows looks, like a, looks like a high school science. I actually just saw mine yesterday. I was going down there. To, my wife keeps the toilet paper in the weird, like downstairs, which is crazy. Like, would you want to keep that near your toilets? Not like in the basement. But Do you have, yeah, that's, that is weird. Um, right, but anyways, I saw the U shape and my U shape was not right. So my fans not, I need to look at my fans. Yeah. So, yeah. But again, for people moving from out of state into Colorado, you guys may not have ever heard of radon. I've had clients that are like, I don't understand what is radon. And one of my houses in Bell Mountain, uh, was one that we did the inspection and it came back. It was 27 picoliters. Yeah. And they were like, what? And it's crazy too, because you could be one house to the next, it varies. Yep. And that's so, one thing, right? It's safety, hazard, big ticket yep. item. So if that's you do an inspection and you add a radon test, yes. it's I think it's like 75 50 bucks. To $50, 50 to $100. 50 to $100. It takes two days, right? They come in, they put the, the testing apparatus. 48 hours. 48 hours. The they come back, they pick it up. It takes about 12 hours to then get the readings. And then you know. Radon, super important. Make sure you guys pay attention to it. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Definitely. Yep. Um, the next big ticket item here that Chris wanted us to talk about was HVAC, which is inclusive of the furnace and the air conditioner. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the issues that you guys have seen or what are the things you look for when you guys are looking at those inspections? I mean, for me, I think uh, one of the biggest 
you know, if it's if it's not if it's working, mm -hmm. they're going to look at it. They're going to look at the flames. If they're a little orange, it might just be dirty. But life expectancy, because a furnace can go forever, doesn't mean it's good. You know, there's just a lot of intricate parts that could go south and manufacturers that you can't replace parts. So when it's at the end of the life, either a home warranty is a band-aid they put on it. Mm -hmm. But if it, it if it's 20 to 30 years old, but it's still running and it's still running great, ah, that's something that I may intervene and say, hey, might want to negotiate this because it's a big ticket item. If, what's if, a, what's a, a furnace cost? Anywhere from six to 10 grand, depending on the size of the house. I mean, I've seen ACs the, the whole The nine. whole HVAC? Yeah. I just put a new HVAC system on one of my listings. And this is a good buddy of mine. He does. He gives me great prices. Furnace, an AC, you need condensing units and the coil inside, ten grand. That's a good deal. It is a good deal. Yeah, but that's deal. ten grand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a big chunk of money. Yeah. So, sweet. it's something that I, I always let's look at the whole thing, not just if it's dirty. You know, whatever. If it's if it's a newer model, your your inspector is going to know. Yeah. Um, I I think sometimes we are on clear on what the HVAC and uh, what that means, right? What, what, what they do. HVAC. So the fur the furnace is a heater for all types of purposes. So what that does is it takes a, a gas, natural gas from the utility company, and it lights it and it creates flames and it pushes that warm air through the house. And what we're looking for in the inspection is the how strong are those flames? Mm-hmm. Are they a certain color? Because as we know, um, as we learned in chemistry, the color of the flame dictates the heat that is being outputted. So the lighter the color, so white is the hottest than blue, mm -hmm. and it kind of goes down the the uh, Orange. The, the color. Uh, what do you call that? The color wheel or the color spectrum? Color spectrum. There yep. you go. And if you get a furnace in there and it's you know it's orangish and it's sparking, and it's it's kind of weird. That's that's a that's a bad furnace. Something's going on. We got to figure out. Like Oscar's saying, a lot of these companies come and go, these, these manufacturers. Mm -hmm. If you can't get the parts, the thing's trash. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing is if it's if it's burning and it's off-putting carbon monoxide, you could tell. It's also not good. Because you could tell there's a little like white um, unused chemical that's it's like dust kind of. Mm -hmm. That's not good. That means that there's carbon monoxide not being, it, it's, it's coming out because it's, it's not being burnt. Off, yeah. So you're, it's inefficient. It's not heating appropriately. In fact, it's kind of dangerous because it's emitting carbon monoxide. Carbon monoxide. And a lot of like this, uh, the other thing that we didn't look at is like the the, the dang filter. Um, the I, number one reason these units go bad. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's number one, but it's no, it's, big, it's up there. It's, it's, it's up there. It's, it is the number one reason for sure. Not not replacing your filter, and it's super easy, yes. and they're super cheap. Yes. Every three months at least. No, once a month. Well, once a month if you have like the super the forty five cent ones, absolutely. <laughs> there's there's some that you know. I buy the five dollar ones because <laughs> I don't want to be replacing it. And it's super easy. It's and it's not like I have to go through a crawl space. Yeah. But if you do have a crawl space, get the more expensive ones. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna serve and, and protect your it, your furnace. It's a good distinction too. The, yeah. the depending on the age of the furnace, some of the more high efficient newer ones, they're designed to not pull as hard or or suck as much mm. air or blow as much air. So if you have a filter that's super thick, it's gonna tax that blower. Mm. And if you're um in a house that's like five to seven years or newer, then I would recommend to get the cheaper ones that are, you know, replace them once a month. It's a pain in the ass, right? Once a month, you have to put this dang filter in there. Um, but I tell you what, uh, it's going to save your your furnace years. Mm -hmm. By years, not just one, two. I'm like talking like five to ten. The other part of it is the air conditioner. Yep. 
So the air conditioner, there's two parts to the air conditioner, right? There's a condenser, which is the unit outside. There's, in, in a sense, three. Three, you know, okay. You have condensing unit. The coils. The yeah. Going, pumps it into your coil inside the furnace, gets it nice and cool, and then your furnace, the same furnace that heats it, the blower kicks in. Pushes that cool cold, air. cold air yeah. through the house. Yeah. So the couple factors, so the cool thing is in Colorado, unlike in Arizona or other hotter states, air, AC units, condensers can typically last for a long time. Mm -hmm. We don't use We're them. We're not as, running them all the time. No. And if we do, it's usually like a couple hours a day just to cool it down. And then we let the uh, natural Colorado cool air take take you over. You know what we do have here that other states may not is humidifiers. Mm -hmm. It's super dry here. That's a good point. I never thought about that. Super dry here. Yeah. So there's there's another another component, component that they, they'll check. Yeah. yeah. So with the condenser, um, things that we found that cause issues are uh, so pet urine. So <laughs> believe it or not, dogs like to pee on things. Because I didn't know that was a thing. Dog yeah. urine's a thing. Right? Yeah. The they dog urine on. will literally eat through the blades. Yep. The cool because those blades are designed to cool off the cool. Yeah. Right. So right. It's, it's like it's, a radiant. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Like so they'll start going through and rusting the blades. So you're wow. starting to see build. And on top of that, snow drifts, right? Snow drifts. Like you can do that. So what you'll see, and, and it's just something to notice, right? If you go to a new build and you all of a sudden see, why is my AC unit on an elevated surface? That's yeah. probably why. I have which seen is them. A, which yeah. is a good I, thing. I, I, yep. Coffin. I've mm -hmm. seen them yeah, on coffins. It's, 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 it's th the snow. The urine see, and then. are expensive. They'll, they'll pee on your shit. And next thing you know, you're having to replace your whole HVAC. You love them to death, so but man, that's what, what, an, what an asshole. Yeah, but then they come over and they sit in your lap and they fall asleep and they're like, oh my God, I'm adorable. I love you. Yeah. No. Dylan, Dylan, yeah. Dylan, My no. dog, my German Shepherd's my my home security system. So. Yeah. He makes up for any bullshit. Yeah, have have my, my dogs will let you in and yeah. then they'll give oh, you yeah. food. Yep. Probably. Here, here's a piece of pizza. Here's a oh, Thanks. <laughs> Want to play with me? Please. <laughs> uh, and then the other big cool thing about elevating them is you got to keep those dang condenser units uh, level. Yes. Yes. Because they're spinning. Yes. Yep. And if it's off access, it can It'll spin funky. Yep. And so. Yeah. But the, those are just things to think about right so um oscar touched on, touched on age furnaces typically have a expected like life expectancy between 15 and 20 years some and 20 to 30 but that's it's, again it's the exception right safe yeah i would say 15 to 20. yeah and yep. and then uh of course ac condensers should be around the same in mm -hmm. colorado we can usually squeeze a little bit more life there's still boilers out there that's true they're yeah, still boilers and they're they're old. pretty high tech the new ones yeah, and those things last for like 60 years Fact check me, but I think they last for a long I mean, time. They Jason usually just look like they're so, 60. So a real easy test, right? If you're, if you guys are looking through the house and you're showing a house, turn the AC on and go outside and just, is the unit vibrating? Like a you'll, lot? You'll hear a loud sound. You'll hear it, right? It's and if it's, if it's something, doesn't mean it's not working, yeah, right? It but it may not kilter. be as efficient as it should. Yeah. And it's just something to say, hey, you know what? This may, it may, I may want to level this yes. as I move into the house. Again, just simple things for you guys as buyers to look at that most people don't. They go, oh my God, these are vaulted ceilings. This is great. Like these are, that's great. A replacing AC units, nine to $12,000 yes. with install. This one's super simple to sort of like diagnose and look at. Yeah. It's not behind the wall. You can pick it apart. We look at it ahead of time. Yep. So it, we usually don't miss these ones, but Chris wanted to make sure we understood that we should look at them. Absolutely. And, and again, Chris will do a pre-home inspection on the listing side. So you'll know if any of your stuff is going bad and know what mm -hmm. you're gonna be up against. So it's on both sides, on the buy side and on the listing side. I yep. like it. And it could just have, just need a cleaning. Mm -hmm. Typically, I always ask for a cleaning. Dude, I've had so many, call, furnace. so many clients call me like, oh my gosh, my AC's not working. I'm like, let me see your filter. And they're like, oh my gosh, JC, the thing's disgusting. There's a sock mm -hmm. in there. Yeah. So, you know, it's some crazy. Again, ch check your dang filters. You can go to Amazon right now. You can literally choose your size. It'll drop it off for $2 yep. every month. And then you have a new filter. Yep. It's easy. 
Um, the next box of them. The next big one here is the sewer line. That's something that I will not ever divert from. And all these things are optional. Even a general inspection when you buy a house. Sewer line, you can't see it. And it's super expensive. Yeah. The cheapest, cheapest sewer line repair I've ever done, two grand. The most expensive I've ever seen, 55000 because it was so deep and by the tap. Yep. And by the tap, that means where it ties into the city. Yep. The closer you get to the city tap, the more expensive and the deeper it goes. And it's typically underneath a public street. <laughs> yep. So they have to re re yep. Reasphalt, reconcrete, stop traffic. They need a permit to stop the traffic. It's it gets expensive. It gets expensive. It's time consuming. It disrupts your daily life because you now don't have a sewer line. So I mean, realistically, you can summarize sewer lines like this. If it costs you a hundred bucks to get the sewer line inspected, and it's gonna save you even eight hundred dollars, I will do that all day, every day. Well out of ten times. It's actually got to a point because sewer lines again getting into real estate the first time you're not really used to it and it's you health you don't do if it backs up you got poop in your house yeah it's pretty that's nasty. not safe a little shitty there huh? that is a little shitty. that is a shitty situation, oh, a shitty man. situation. <laughs> yeah so the, it, getting real estate didn't really understand like the difference between the types of material they use for the lines but i learned pretty quickly so most of my clients were saying no to sewer scopes Oh, and yeah. so now like, I make a point of my bars. I literally pay for it out of my own pocket. I would too. Because mm -hmm. I don't want to deal with the, the shitty situation. Ladies and gentlemen, JC will pay for your sewer line. I will pay for your dang sewer line. I, <laughs> he will do it. It makes like, again, I'm losing hair because I've had to deal with this nonsense. So um, the, the, the three major materials used in sewer lines over the last hundred years are clay, literally a clay pipe. Think about that. They put clay in the ground for your poop to go to. Well, it, it's, there's no pressure, right? It's yeah. all gravity. Yep. So it worked back in the day. Well, it still kind of works, but yeah. it's also- It's break. basically Play-Doh, hardened Play-Doh. And roots intrude that thing- Because it's- Nine out of 10 times. Play-Doh. Oh, every time. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And it cracks if you uh, jump too hard on top of it. Uh, it's crazy. And just so we're clear, like when you buy a house, you are as the homeowner are responsible from the moment that line leaves your home all the way till it gets to the city tap where all the nonsense gets into the actual city. So if there's a crack anywhere between the city and the house, it's 100% the, the homeowner's From your toilet to the city, yes. you're responsible for. So, clay, And even in some townhomes, yeah. mm -hmm. the HOA is only responsible for so much. Oh, only so much. And then the other one is cast iron mm -hmm. was used for a while, which is a nightmare. And then now today it's green PVC pipe. PVC pipe. And, and cast iron is better, but it still corrodes scales i mean there's a lot involved there too yeah. so the worst one well, we're going to talk about some stories but i think I just get into this one now since we're in it, Go right? for it. so I, we bought a house in uh, aurora by the hospital the floor the main uh, of the basement so the so colorado how we do basements typically typically right there's a couple different ways yep. to do it you have a foundation walls around perimeter. The, the perimeter of the house and then the 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 basement floor is a slab so it's concrete slab. They're not connected because because the soils expand and contract. It's almost Made like to a, shift. a shock absorber to, mm -hmm. to, to change mm -hmm. it. So the basement had a bunch of heaving, which is like rises and falls in the slab, but everything else worked fine. We did a sewer scope. So from the to from the basement toilet, pulled it out, put the camera in, found out there was um, clay pipes and a bunch of roots mm -hmm. in the pipe but there's no cracks. So we put some high pressure water, blew up the, the roots, so all the shit can get down to Hydro. the city tap, which is fine. 
good to go. The problem was we never checked the cast iron from subflooring underneath the subfloor. Yeah. And that's kind of hard because when you do a sewer scope, mm -hmm. if there's cleanouts, that's what they're there for. Yeah. Because that's where most of the it, like it's most of, it's, most it's, most of the damage are, could be done, right? Yeah, right. There's yeah. roots and all that. Yeah, cleanouts are from like basic the access from the end of the house to the city tap. They mm -hmm. could access or do a sewer a sewer scope through the roof, mm -hmm. through one of the, the vents through the roof. It, it ties in um, a toilet, a stack inside. The stack is where all your main sewer lines come in yep. or a clean out. Mm -hmm. And usually a stack is probably the best because you see what's in and it goes out of the way right. out. You but the if you have a clean out, that's what they're for. So it's kind of a, mm, do you do it from the clean out? Or yeah, do you do the hard part is in older homes, so built before, I think this is 1955, 1956, something like that. They didn't have all that fun stuff, right? No, They just had, the, you put the pull the toilet off, stick the thing down, and this inspector went from the closest toilet to the end of the, the line. And that's a liability because yeah. well, now, we, but, you know, you have, your toilet will leak. And but if you think about it, we have heaving to, in the basement, the yep. slab's coming up and down. So why would that happen? So there's two reasons. Or actually, really, there's only one. It's expansion and crack contraction of the soils. Mm -hmm. So what's causing expansion? Benonite. What's the benonite could be one. Benonite. But if it hasn't happened up until because the basement wasn't finished originally, so that should have settled years ago. Well, and we have, I mean, we have issues in Colorado because of our temperature swings, right? Yes. Negative. You have draining. You have water in the. In you the have water in the soil, that and, and without it, that'll affect the the. And, well, in the winter it freezes. Right, and that's that's frost heaving. Yeah. Right. That that'll that'll that'll. Well, think about it. So, the, the what walls. Is it? two weeks ago, we had walls. days seventy-two, mm -hmm. nights twelve, right? Next so week we're going to be nine. And it's specific in Colorado, and it's it's good for some things. Wine, fantastic, right? Crops, great. However, from a heaving standpoint, those are things that people don't think about because we have such big temperature swings. We have a lot of heaving, and we, that's why we have floating floors in the basement. That's why we have our concrete crack on new builds, like all those different things. But from a sewer standpoint. It can affect it because it's a pipe that you just don't see. Yes. Yeah. So to spend a hundred bucks of JC's money to get your <laughs> sewer inspected Peace of mine. could potentially save you yeah. 45, and, 50, 60, And in this case, it was a lesson learned. Like we, we realized the heaving was there. So it meant that there was something going on. Yes. What we didn't look at was we didn't put the camera down the sewer that went from the upstairs down to the basement. Right. And that was cast iron. Yep. So is that a question you ask your, your, your inspector? Yes. Hey, there's some heaving going on on this floor. Let's run it through here. Yep. Yes. That's a and good that's point. A, that's, now that's a great that's, point. That's what we do now. But what happened, if you were to try to put the camera- What happened was- Down that cast iron pipe is it never would have gone through. Right. You would have seen it this, immediately. Because this house had so much corrosion built up that there was like a, maybe a pea-sized hole yeah. that was where all the water would go through. Oh. For years and years and years. So finally, he, my buyer called me two years later. So if you have too year. much Chipotle, good luck. Yeah, well, that's pretty much what happened. Too many Chipotles. Yeah, eat the bowls. And then nothing was flushing. So we we're trying to find out what happened. We ended up having to jackhammer the, the subfloor yeah. or the concrete slab, get to the pipe, and literally the cast that. iron just crumbled as we touched that's it. That's crazy. So and for years, this water had been just yeah. leaking into the ground, Jeez. expanding, contracting, expanding, contracting. So when it comes to sewer, this is why now I pay for every single sewer inspection and make sure I ask the right questions because I will never put a client through that again. No. Well, now, now it affect the foundation, right? It could affect, it, oh, okay. it, we, we, it could have potentially, yeah, it could have, it could have. And that's really? another big ticket item. Yeah, we got lucky. Um, to anchor or correct a foundation, 25 grand plus yes. all day. Yep. Pillars, um, caissons. Rebar ties. Oh, it's, it it's gets crazy expensive. So, just a crazy thing, sewers are highly, 
un, uh, fun conversations to have. No. But very disruptive when they're back. Yep. Yeah. You get so. the sewer line done. You get the camera. You take it home. You show your, you know, housewarming party a dirty movie. There you go. Weird flux, but yes. Well, and, and with, that, yeah. with that said, <laughs> new construction. You think oh, you're good yeah. to go? No. Yeah. Get a sewer line yes. done on your construction. Because, Every time. You know, one, one big thing, one of the only situations where it happened to me was they got, they had it done. And I told them, let's, let's, let's do a, let's do an inspection now once it's done, because if we catch anything, it's under warranty. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I, I usually tell people to get another inspection done the 11th month, because that's usually when the builder warranty, except for the structural, the builder warranty goes away. Yep. 11 month, do another inspection. If there's anything wrong, guess what? The builder gets to fix it. Yep. When they did the landscaping on the new construction up front, they brought in the heavy equipment, the PVC pipe, although it's very durable, bellied. collapsed. Yep. It bellied. And there was a big belly. And you know what? They had to come back, redo it, save my client some money. Happens way more than you think. Mm -hmm. Way more than you think. Our neighbor did that. So um, the final big ticket item he wanted to discuss was roofs. Um, roofs are very easy to deal with nowadays, yeah. which is really cool. So we're going to kind of get in and out to this one relatively easy. But basically, there's a couple of materials that are being used more commonly now. And there's some materials we used in the past, but what are we looking for when it looks at roof inspection? Um, when it comes to composite, what's composite? Um, it's uh, tar with granulated. Mm, I don't know the material. It's hard. It's, it's sandy. Yeah, material. it's it's your typical roof, right? Here yeah. in Colorado, we have that. We have tile roofs. We have a couple of different roofs. On that one, it's more of the wear and tear, the age. If it's you know how many layers? You don't want more than I think three layers. Two. Two, two, yeah. two layers max, right? If it's one and then also what what they used underneath, because some they'll they'll come in and put the tile or the, the roofing, but if they if the plywood it sometimes bows and, and that goes south too. So there's a lot of stuff to look into, but uh, wear and tear, how many layers? Typically because that's predominantly what's what's on roofs now. But when you go to clay, if it's cracked. Clay like tiles. Clay tiles, uh, the terracotta looking houses. Any California house you've ever seen. Yeah. Yep. Green Valley Ranch. Yep. A yes. ton of them in Green yes. Valley yes. Ranch. Clay tiles or um, there's even uh, here in Colorado, slate, slate tiles. Well, yeah. here in Colorado, we also have, um, uh, I don't know the material. It's it's, it's, uh, it's some kind of metal roofing yeah, in the mountains. Tin, yeah, tin, yeah, tin, 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 roofing, in the yeah. mountains, it's They have tin. copper roofs, actually. You'll find copper roofs in the mountain because they retain heat. Yes. Right. And therefore melt snow. And you so, know, for the, for the snow yep. slides off. Yes. Yeah. So th there's a lot of that in the mountains. Anything right. that's metal. Will and those last forever. Yeah. Yeah. The, the tile ones last way longer than composite. Yeah. If well. you're looking from a roof standpoint and Oscar and I had a conversation with Silk, shout out episode, I forget, but the insurance episode, guys go four? take a look at it's it. Like I think three? it's like three, three or four. Three or four. Charlie. Remember the Silk was four? Yeah. So episode four, the one thing we talked about was roof classification, right? Class three versus class four. The difference between them, and if the roof has been done recently, you should see that in the paperwork, what type of, uh, what class of, of uh, shingle they're using. Class four is essentially hail resistant. It's big in Colorado if you guys haven't been here. Between, I'd call it what, May, April, late April through June, July, we get hailstorms. August. And, right, but the point is, if you have a class four roof, hail resistant, number one, that just saves you money. Number two, saves you money on your insurance because you get a discount versus a class three. The other thing I always have people look at, if I'm looking at a house and we still see them in older homes, shake roofs, mm -hmm. which is essentially a wooden shingle. Wood shingles, 
Golden. We have fires here, not great, right? No, Superior, they're uh, literally Waldo not Canyon, insurable. They're not insurable. So if you have a house that's older, probably post or pre 1990s ish, 60s. They did a lot of them in the 60s and gold. Yeah. I think through the 85, 86. Yeah, it was 85, yeah. 86. So yeah. if you guys you still see, see them in Cherry Creek, you still sometimes. see them. It's a non-insurable house. So something to look for. The other thing that I look for, uh, and I actually learned from JC when I first started, wind lift, mm-hmm. right? If you're seeing shingles kind of peeling off the edges of the house, doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the roof, but it does indicate that it's seen some storms and yes. it's seen and some high winds. It could be hail. And if that thing's lifted a little bit yep. and then we get a snow drift, exactly. that snow gets in there and then it melts and it could cause leaks. Yep, or it could cause rot, wood rot, rot yeah. on some of the joists. So. so just some things to look at from roofs. Easy one, obviously as a buyer, it's hard, right? I would look at strictly just wind lift. If you see some things and we'll point it out as a realtor from an inspection standpoint, they're gonna go up and see what class the tiles are, or sorry, the, uh, the shingles are and allow you to kind of know, because roofs are another expensive thing. So uh, yeah, th- those are the major co- uh, co- uh, complications yep. or issues that Chris wanted us to discuss and, and comes up while he's out there in the field. I think we've all had same similar situations in our experience. Um, so again, we could probably do this topic for four hours. Hours, because, hours. Because each individual topic can go on forever. I mean, heck, heck we, I think we spent 20 minutes on radon, right? Which is a gas we can't even see or smell. And again, we were talking about the myths, right? Of, of inspections. And the realtor is there our job i mean if, if i see something crazy i'm going to tell my client right just that's who we are but our job is to open the house and secure the house at the day of inspection now you could go and, and help your client ask questions do whatever we're not the inspector so these are key items because there's there's realtors out there that will def, that definitely just open the house leave come back and secure the house again and leave the consumer to their demise as my nice. personal That's for me i'll hang out and I'll, say, Look, and I'll walk the house too and i'll come back and i'll tell the inspector what do you think this house is going to fall tomorrow and i'll listen because it's going to do it's going to make my job easier by understanding what we're going to write on the inspection objection not only that i like it because i learn something every time absolutely and then the next time i go and see a house and i show a house to a buyer i just have more and more knowledge in my bank to because eventually right at the end of the day when you have a buyer and you do an inspection and then the buyer gets the inspection report and they're overwhelmed because it's 87 pages and red and yellow and green and all these different pictures and you should get this contract. Who, they're not gonna call the inspector. Mm-mm. They're gonna, gonna call, call us. Right? So the more, one, the better relationship I have with the inspector. If a buyer asks me, hey, dude, what do you think about this? I can call Chris and say, hey man, so talk, talk me through what you saw. So I can give an informed opinion and allow the buyer to go, okay, I either wanna do this or I don't. Number two, it allows me, and you just touched on it, to write up an inspection objection that one, I know is gonna benefit my buyer because that's what my duty is. And two, I, I can give them a realistic expectation of where they're gonna be through that process. All right, Wrap so it up let's with the do bourbon. the rock takeaways. Rock takeaway is, I've always said it, right? Knowledge is power. Um, and, and ask these questions. You're gonna buy this house, you're gonna live there for at least a couple of years. You don't want to be, you're, you're gonna spend money on or furniture or paint or mm-hmm. customizing this home, it's going to be your home. You don't need any surprises. My furnace went out last year when it was like negative 15 because furnaces are not yeah, going to go out when it's 70 degrees. Out. Yeah, it's not going to go out in summer. No, it's going to go, go out when, when you it's need it. freaking it's what cold. It goes out when so you need it. thoroughly inspect your home. Listen to an inspector. You know, if you could, if you could move forward on something, do so. But don't skimp out on any inspection. Do all of them. It's going to be peace of mind in the future. Uh, so my rock takeaway is buyer beware. 
state of Colorado. Our job is to give you as much information. If you guys are looking at house the way I see it is, the more things you can look at objectively from an inspector's lens, it saves you time, energy, and money in the long run. Rely on your realtor. <laughs> rely on your inspector, right? And if you guys see something as you're touring a house, let us know. We can tell you what we think. We can contact Chris, tell him what he thinks. And it can shorten the time frame of you guys going under contract, not going under contract, being able to spend that time looking at other houses. Our house is not to inspect, but it is to negotiate. Yep. So. Exactly. Let us know. Uh, my biggest rock takeaway is if you work with me, I'll pay for your sewer inspection. Jason, Later, ladies and gentlemen, for he will, the sewer. you've heard it and, here. And your roof inspection. He will pay no, for all No, but seriously, I think that um, we want to make sure we get a, a big picture idea of what the home is that you're buying. Mm -hmm. Where are the faults? Where are the potential issues that can come up? So nothing's a surprise. If I can give you that, and that's our goal ultimately, then I think that we won. Yeah. If you're handy, maybe you want to take care of some yeah, of these. So that's, that's, what I, that's what we're going to do. My, right. my goal as a realtor is to make sure that when you buy this house, you know exactly what you're buying. Yep. And there's no surprises. Agreed. So Disclosure. Sweet. Cool. I agree. All right. All right so now oh, we're looking at our, our, our rating, a rock rating. Yeah. Rock rating, the so bourbon rock that we had today. Rating. Oscar? You know, this was this was a good one. Um, it, it's definitely lower on the proof scale that we're used to. The first drink was still fire. I mean, it's it's a it's a younger bourbon. It's that Kentucky hug. It's the Kentucky, Kentucky hug. hug. It's fucking guess. You, you can't say it with a lot of that. <laughs> but <laughs> after after that, it was it was pretty smooth and it was an easy sipper. Yeah. Um, it's it's um, it, the flavors linger. For a while it's it's not very complex but it's very straightforward it's 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 sweeter it's um it's a good sipper all around um my wheelhouse i'll give it a solid four four rocks four rocks i, I i'll drink it all day every day I'll out of my wheelhouse but it's good sweet jc bourbon i am uh kind of torn here take another sip Drink up buttercup. Mm -hmm. Drink up buttercup. Buttercup is a good way to put it. Butterscotch. Yep. Get a taste the of toffee. It. Toffee. Um, Very sweet. I honestly think if I'm going to sip something this light, I'd almost rather it be like a glass of wine. Okay. If I'm drinking bourbon, I want that like bourbon. Like I want to feel more hair growing my chest kind of thing. I don't need more, but I'd like more if I'm drinking bourbon. Jeez. Like I wouldn't drink this watching Yellowstone. Okay. Because you'll drink Beth, this watching Pretty I, Little Liars. Because I think I think Beth would probably punch me through the TV. Fair for, enough. Yeah. For, being, Fair enough. for not being strong enough of a man. This is is this a Gilmore Girls whiskey? Is that what you're saying? Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. That's what that's what uh, we're, uh, we're binging that at my house. That's why I know. Oh yeah, absolutely. If it's a woman's show, and Fair enough. <laughs> the Notebook. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and give this a rock rating of a six. Wow. Okay. Wow. And mainly, not that it doesn't taste. It's a good bourbon. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And not that it needs rocks to make it taste better. It's just, if I'm going to drink something that's this low proof, I'd rather sip a glass of wine. That's and fair. I, and, and I'm going to, just before you give yours, I would not make an old-fashioned with this. I, I would not. It's too light for that. Fair. I will sip it all day long, but I won't make an old-fashioned. This is a historic this. moment. This is the first bourbon that Oscar said he will not make an old-fashioned. Too light. He said too he'd light. make a, a, an old-fashioned <laughs> anything, which right? means that I mean, I can. I will. No, you said you would. I, I will not. Ah, see? Not exactly. That's what I thought. All right. I'm going to give it five rocks. Okay. Like it. Easy to drink. 
but I agree with you. It's it's almost too light. Like it's almost too smooth. Yeah. Which again, depending on your bourbon taste, you either like the bite, the Kentucky hug, or you don't. Uh, I do like the Kentucky hug, and this Thank is you. good. But my, I, I like if I put this on an ice ball, I feel like it would almost taste like watery. Yeah, it yep. would taste watery. Exactly. Basil Hayden. Yep. Uh, no, I would I would drink basil over this. Okay. Yeah, I would. Fair enough. But yeah, I'd say five rocks. It's it's still good. It's like, a good drinker. It's a very good sipper for the on price. Meat, thousand percent the price is great on this i'd love to do this smoked yeah and just see if I it would, adds a it little would bit definitely of something add. else yep or cool cool day in the summer yeah. take it to the park i think if you're if you're just trying to get into bourbon, take a pull out of the bottle yeah if you're, you're getting fishing, into bourbon I, if you wanted to start drinking bourbon and if you wanted to like good starter bourbon. start to understand it's a like boom, starter bourbon. Uh, dude, this, boom this would starter be, bourbon yes this would be right there like this a basil hayden would be like a nice little like these are the training wheels yes 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 100 yes yeah i like it i like it so yeah good stuff training man. Bourbon. I, I, yeah. I i think it's i mean honestly it's a good find for the it's kind of it's kind of cool for us all day again it's the one you pull out your back pocket and we're just and we're gonna start doing some of that and then we'll don't park drinking. I would drink this before a Kane Brown concert. <laughs> yes. But I'm just saying. <laughs> so it, uh, to wrap it up, uh, to get a hold of us, right? And we'll drop this at the beginning of the video. If you made it this far. Good. We love the real you for MVP. that. <laughs> if you did this week, yeah, congratulations. If you made it this far this week, you're the real MVP. But <laughs> a long week, especially for me. You guys, uh, if you guys want to get a hold of us, 720-608-9437. That's the phone number that goes to the team with myself, JC, and Oscar. And we also have a Gmail that'll be linked in, if you uh, take a look at the comment, or not the comments, the description, it's gonna be R-E-S-O-T-R at Metro5280.com. Mm -hmm. R-E-S-O-T-R at Metro5280.com. If you guys wanna give us ideas, if you guys have questions, you wanna talk to us anonymously, whatever it is, please let us know. Always, always, always like and subscribe. Comment, uh, and comment. Oscar, let us know what we're doing. So we're gonna take a break next week. We'll probably do a little uh, World Cup fun. A little? I mean, it's a World Cup. We'll probably we're do definitely going to do we'll it. Drop a little yeah, I'm going to do it. I'll, I'll go USA. get you from the house we'll, and bring we'll you here. We'll drop a little World Cup funness. I think we're going to yeah, we're gonna do a live stream I, World Cup. I would love to That'd see. Cool. Uh, please uh, comment on the next bourbon we should try. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I want and some ideas. Give us some ideas. Comment. Even if they're good, bad, I'd like to laugh. Do it. Give us some ideas. Let us know you're out there. So, again, gentlemen. Great day potting with y'all. Cheers. Get a home inspection, people. Yes. Just saying. Home Get a home inspection. It's worth the money. All right. Hey, take a break next week. Maybe back for a World Cup. Otherwise, we'll Maybe. See you we guys are definitely doing a World Cup. The following week. Thanks for tuning in. See you later. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and for the uncut and unfiltered version, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And from everybody here on the Real Estate Served on the Rocks team, have a happy Thanksgiving.